Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Mood Unfiltered, and I am Tiffany Wicks with my podcast partner here. Richard Maya. What's up, guys? How are you today, Richard? I'm well. I'm well rested. I went on a bike this morning. I caught up on some readings. I subscribed to Bloomberg.com, so I kind of get access to all their articles behind a paywall and their weekly journals, and I'm kind of and I love learning what's going on in the world. And so I'm excited. How are you, Tiffany? Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, you're always very productive in the mornings. And I always look at <laughs> look around and think, what am I doing with myself? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm all right. I had a good lecture this morning and um, just chilling in my office talking to you. So it's always a pleasure to, to interact with you and especially record this podcast. Um, we've got some good stuff today, Richard. So we're talking about social media and how it affects the brain and mental health and all that good stuff. Do you use social media? <laughs> it's kind of an understatement. I use social media pretty often. Um, most of the time, I'm pretty shameless about it. And there's a lot of things I have to say about it. There's a, there's, there's a lot to discuss about it. There's a lot of people that already talk about it, and we're just added on to the conversation. But I want to kind of take this conversation like you do to to a different route and how it reflects a person's mental health. And there's a lot of comments that we may, can make, some research to back up our claims and such. There's a lot of anecdotes we can make. But I use social media pretty frequently. Yeah, absolutely. So I use social media as well. I think, I think so many people do, and it spans the generations. Um, I've been told that Facebook is kind of an old man's game. Um, but I'm a big Facebook person, um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all the things, right? So, um, you know, I, I gathered a couple of articles and kind of just talking about why, what is this phenomena, right? Um, and just thinking about it's become such a large part of our lives and our society that it's almost integrated into our day automatically. Um, it's, a, it's a habit, right? And this is... Um, it's thought of an, as an addiction among 5% of young people. Um, and looking at this article um, from Central Health uh, by Reese Edmonds, um, it's talking about a couple of different principles on how this impacts our mental health. So social media is that hit of dopamine, right? Um, it's that instant gratification, um, but it doesn't gain the instant gratification all the time because you're always looking for more. You're always trying to get more. Um, it may prompt users to perpetually fresh their social media page. Um, there's, there's also the kind of like like and comment effect, right? And so looking for that dopamine hit with the number of likes and the number of comments you get. And at the same time, that impact on mental health with lack of like likes and comments and friends and follows and et cetera. Um, the other thing is like thinking about like fear of missing out. So this social media phenomena is also almost the social media facade that everything's perfect. Everything's going well. Um, you see uh, especially like the, the, beautiful families of the white picket fence and the kind of like staged photos. Yeah. The filters, um, especially with body image, those kinds of topics. And it's not even 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's not Essays even just the captions. Yeah. Um, it's not even just the fear of missing out, but it's also, I don't have that. And the jealousy of, I can't be that, right? Um, not just that I'm not there and I'm not doing it, but um, my life will never look like that or my life doesn't feel like that. And that comes with depression. Um, again, I think I go back to body image. I go back to family um, comparisons. Uh, you're right. Like these long narratives, right? Like even just thinking about influencers and the jealousy of influencers because they have, you know, 14,000 comments and and likes and followers and all the other stuff. And, um, you know, I can never be an influencer. I can never pose like that. Or how do they get, you know, how do they take every picture that's perfect and um, forgetting that everything is staged, everything is posed for, right? Um, And it creates lower mood, lower life satisfaction, lower um, mental health um, because there's always those comparisons and that missing out. Um, what are your thoughts about that, first of all? And then I can kind of, I want to go into the brain too. It's, there's no denying that social media is part of our life. And I think the more we try to deny that or ignore how much of an impact social media has on our life, I think the more damage it does because it doesn't, because the more we try to ignore the issue at hand, the more it persists and more kind of compounds over time into an even bigger issue. And so it's, I also think social media is a tool. It's a tool that's very reflective. Like if you, you can use it, it's like a hammer. You can use social media for good or you can use social media for bad. And not to say everyone <laughs> yes. has specific or malicious intentions, but it goes to show that, you know, you could use social media for a variety of uses. A lot of people promote their businesses on it Mm. a lot of people use it to socialize and engage with others there's some people that use it to learn however there's an overwhelming majority of people that use it to distract themselves and yeah i think if you wanted to base it off the united states a lot of people will use in social media for enterprisal purposes and there's a lot of advertising money behind social media and it's just part of life and I think the longer we ignore it or don't pay as much attention to it the more it'll kind of creep into our before we even know it yeah absolutely I think that um it's this I mean it's a pandemic of its own right (laughs) um and so yeah I mean it can be very much a good thing and a powerful tool to get messages across and at the same time it can be so detrimental, um, especially if you're not able to step back and kind of objectively look at some things and be able to like assess and judge based on like what you're needing at the time, who you are at the time, as opposed to what other people are doing or saying or um, kind of the messages that they have. Um, so, so NeuroGrow, which is a brain fitness center, um, posted an article. Uh, Majid Fatuhi um, posted an article about what social media does to your brain. And I wanted to kind of bring this um, into kind of what we were talking about, like with it can be a really good thing. It can be a really bad thing. Right. Um, So there's actually kind of a double edged sword, um, especially when we look at attention. So the first part of that is 
it has the ability to both capture your attention and scatter it. So it captures our attention. We can focus on social media for hours. I mean, how many times have you kind of gotten caught up and like time has gotten away from you, right? Like you watch a couple of YouTube videos or you um, have been scrolling or whatever. And at the same time, it's scattering your attention because you're scrolling or you are clicking onto the next thing. And there's some ability to be able to focus on one thing. And there's also some ability to um, need more stimulation at any given time and on to the next one. And then this quick response time. Um, and And then the other way is like, it's changing the reward pathways. Kind of like I was talking about these dopamine hits, right? So we're needing these dopamine hits. We're needing them faster. We're needing them more immediately. Um, you know, again, likes, comments, all of that. But even just like the funny videos or the um, funny stories. I know I catch people, you know, posting memes and especially about trending, you know, topics in the world. Um and it's these shallow rewards that re- actually rewire our brain. Um, and it causes us to want more dopamine and more dopamine and more dopamine, which, again, can be the opposite side of that, too, is that when we don't get the reward, especially from social media, um, and we're not getting that dopamine hit, that can crush us even harder and faster. Um, and then the final process is memory. Um, and so... What it does in our brain is it changes the prioritization of what we store as memory. So it's called transaction memory or transactive memory. And then it warps what we decide is meaningful to keep long term, which means that the more social media that we intake, um, we may be able to retain more social media and then even the important information that we needed to store there can be memory deficits and gaps in that. Um, so again, there's this positive, right? But then there's actually these like very detrimental downsides um, that can come from social media, especially the increase in how we intake that. For sure, these companies that run these platforms, they're going to figure out ways to keep your attention even longer because that's where the money flows. And sometimes you have to follow the money trail. For example, TikTok, when you go on, when you're scrolling, the video starts playing. It doesn't even wait for you to scroll all the way to the next video. This video just starts playing like once you start scrolling. And it's a lot faster than Instagram reels or what do you get on Facebook or Twitter? Well, these companies are competing or they're working hard to grab your attention even longer. With that being said, I think it's important that we learn how to use social media. There's this YouTube video, it was a documentary called Childhood 2.0, which I highly recommend everyone to watch it, especially if you're a parent. And it's a, the video was about, the documentary was about how these kids and teenagers that they're in the age of social media and there's a lot of consequences that go on with it, such as higher mental health issues, suicide rates, mm. the potential for predators online, and there's a, a lot more issues that are discussed in the video and the documentary. But one issue that was very prevalent throughout was that parents were weren't as knowledgeable about these how these social media apps work and what they are. 
Right. And that's a problem because if you don't know what your child is doing online, then you don't know what they could be doing in real life or in real time. And that's concerning. I think it's, it prompts us to, to just be aware of what these apps are, what they do, how they function, what, how these our, our kids interact within these apps, within these platforms. I think it's useful to just take five minutes out of the day, just five minutes, just to learn what these apps are, what they do, yeah. how powerful they are, what the market cap and the inflow of money that goes into there because these companies are working hard to grab your attention. Yeah. I remember one of the articles you sent me about it was from the McLean Hospital and it, it was about the social dilemma, how social media affects your health. And I was listening to a few minutes of the podcast that was featured with Dr. Lisa Coney and she, the interviewer asked her if she knew what Twitch was and Dr. Lisa didn't know what Twitch, what, didn't know what Twitch was and mm. it's a video streaming platform where people upload videos of themselves playing video games and I don't necessarily find it concerning. People don't know what these apps are because technology moves so fast. Sure. However, I just think as a professional, not to discredit her or whatever, but I think as a professional, you sh- should be on top of what's going on in technology because it's having a dramatic impact on, yeah. like you said, our, our, te- our attention deficits, on our memory. And I think social media as a mental health clinician should be a part of the curriculum just to learn about and how it affects human behavior because yeah. obviously there's data analytics constantly about consumer behavior and i think now's the time more than ever to effectively learn what apps are out there what the, the dangers are what the benefits are yeah so that way we can at least teach people how to use social media more effectively and to be aware let them know like hey this is all digital consider like your life in real time and other people's lives in real time on these apps because these who knows like what goes on in person's life within their own accounts and because we all get that weekly notification from the iphone with how much time we spend on our phones and but we don't always fully disclose that we're like like we don't always know what's going on other people's lives on social media we should keep that in mind when we use these apps and just be aware that like as innovative as these, these apps are doesn't define what life is we know what's going on but doesn't paint a wider picture of what's actually going on especially in regards to mental health right absolutely you know i think it's i want to go back to the parent thing and you know kind of just knowing what the apps are and all that other stuff like you bring up a really good point but i think there's kind of two prongs to that i think first of all is safety um I know back in the day, there used to be an app called Kick, and it was more of a messenger app. And um, back when I was a school counselor, we actually would see a lot of predators um, uh, trying to message our students on Kick. And there was a, a part, an aspect of Kick where you could share your location, but it wasn't just location that Predators were actually using the location, the name, and then even especially if they tagged the school to try and find um, kids. And there were several kidnappings and those kinds of things that they traced through Kick. Um, 
but the parents didn't know what kick was. They allowed their kids to have kick. They didn't really know what the social media app was, but they knew that they weren't messaging anything bad, right, per se. And so um, there was no notifications that got there on their phone. And consequently, there were predators looking for their kids. Um, And, you know, thinking about like walking home after school and those kinds of things, right? Um, The other part of that, though, not just the safety aspect of it, but like you said, the mental health aspect of it. And I think it's important for parents, but uh, teachers, professors, school counselors, whatever it is, to know what some of these apps are um, so that they can be aware of some of the messaging that's happening on these apps, Um, some of the uh, mental health indications of these apps, right? Um, Having uh, some content to talk about, whether it's recommendations because students intake often like what's happening on social media faster than reading an article or watching a boring video right like where they'll watch something on TikTok maybe 30 45 seconds um, but it has some sort of deeper meaning to it the flip side of that too is looking at these apps and figuring out like I mean there were there were challenges of self-harm on several different apps, right? Um, Snapchat, TikTok, those kinds of things. There were, I think the Tide Pod challenge came from Snapchat. Like there's there's different aspects of things that spur conversations that need to happen, especially from like an educator point of view, a parent point of view, um, so that students also know that that messaging on social media is not the end-all be-all and it's actually not always healthy, totally agree with everything you said like social media knowledge just needs to be a part of the curriculum like the educational curriculum just so we're aware of it there's also need to be personal accountability as a parent about knowing like what's going on like with social media and how their children use use it you shouldn't want to take social media away from people because they'll just try and rebel in some fashion or there are ways to do it uh social media is like a drug it's like any other drug get a it's like it could be like alcohol it could be like weed you have to learn how to use it in moderation and not abuse it because there's dramatic impact it could have in your life right and i think when you try and uh, prohibit time on like someone's time on social media you can kind of prompt them to want want it even more consider Pro, I mean, you can't compare alcohol and social media. It's kind of a weird comparison. Sure. But think about prohibition back in 1930s and 40s and how it just made people want it even more and get cheaper versions of it that are more lethal. And when you try and take social media away from people, they're just going to want it more. They're yeah. just going to resent their parents who don't want them to use it more. It's just, it's just kind of just... You just have to teach people how to use it more effectively. Right. And you use and use it for good. For example, what I do sometimes is I'll go to the gym and I'll either post, I'll either take a, a selfie or I'll use the mirror and take a picture. And I'll send a picture of myself in the gym. I'll put on my story on Instagram and I'll tag my friends. It'll be a gym check-in. And I'll tag three people. And sometimes they'll go to the gym. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they'll go to the gym and they'll tag me back and tag two other people while they're oh, at the gym. Cool. And it kind of creates this weird loop of 
gym check-in to see we're keeping each other accountable who's going to what gym who's working out who's not that's great it's like a it's like a cool social system that can just loop continuously yeah especially more often i go to the gym and i tag different people each time they tag people each time and can kind of create this positive social system where we're all working out and we're all just just making sure we're doing check-ins to see like we're actually in the gym and just getting our, our goals likewise and like i said like, like i said before it's a tool you, you could be used for good or it could be used for bad you can mm. use it for distractions to distract yourself from what's going on in your life versus dealing the actual issues or it can create issues that what even there to begin with like right. anxiety imposter syndrome insecurity lack of self-confidence or you can use it for good and you can really send positive messages to people. You can motivate people. You can do body progression picks where you have yourself from two years ago to where you are now. And I've done that before. And people will reach out to me and tell me they feel inspired. It makes me feel good. And it's like, wow, I'm, yeah. kind of, I'm glad to be able to use this for good. Especially people can tell, tell stories on our captions. And even businesses can promote their products, their services and services that actually help people like a lot of counselors a lot of telehealth companies still use right. social media for their own good they'll send live messages here and there to bring up people's moods like we have our own instagram and youtube channel for yeah. mood collab and a lot of things we're going on there it's use it's self-help strategies and techniques and just positive words that make people like, make people's day like my yeah. sister started following the mood collab page like awesome. after i know like right like my sister started following the page like and i noticed because like i'll check for analytics and see like what works what doesn't work like carly does too like we'll we'll check on analytics see like who's following like who's not who's liking who's commenting what works what doesn't work so that way like we get our positive messages across more it reaches more people helps out more people they can reach out to mood club more for more services it's just a way to to help consumers and to help businesses. And it's a tool that you have to really, really evaluate to see, does, is it helping you or is it hurting you? And I think knowing when to detach and turn your screen off is very important for everyone. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I think that social media is not supposed to define you. It is something that you may do and engage in but it is not um it's it's just not supposed to define you or or guide you in terms of telling you what to do or where to go or who to be so um taking it with a grain of salt being objective about it um stepping back and taking charge of your own mental health and your own identity is is all really essential to engaging in social media um I really enjoyed this discussion and I feel like this isn't over. I think there's other pieces to it. So I know we're going to do a part two at some point. We're going to do a part um, two, part three, part four, maybe <laughs> up to part a 10. Whole but there's a, there's a, there's an ongoing discussion that is, yeah. it has to happen no matter what. We're not the yeah. only ones talking about it. There's document, there's free documentaries on YouTube about it. There's documentaries right. on Netflix about it. The social dilemma, which is very popular. And there's, more academic studies about it that's going on and on it's kind of and there's more innovation going on there's roblox which is pretty crazy 
and it had an IPO recently. And a lot of people are talking about it and they're wondering why it's so popular. But then you realize like the majority of teenagers and kids are using it. I downloaded last week to see what it's like. I'm like, what, what's all the hype about? And you're pretty much in a virtual, it's like a video game. You're in a virtual world. You're interacting with other people. You play games with each other. You have your own avatar. I see why it's addicting. <laughs> I, I see yeah. why. I get it. Yeah. But there's no, there's no excuse to be ignorant about what's going on in technology. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Richard, where can we find you? All right, so before I share where you can find me, I want to say to our listeners, please hit that notification bell on our Spotify. Follow us. We only hope to give amazing content and hope you guys listen to us. And also, if you're listening to us on Apple, write us a review. Give us five stars if you like. We're on all podcasting platforms. Coming to YouTube soon. Keep Woo-hoo! that in mind. Yes. So you can find me at my website at www.wellroundedstudios.com. You can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I'll leave links in the description below on this episode for that. Tiffany, where can we find you? Yes. Um, so I'm the director, clinical director and owner of Mood Wellness Collaborative in Greenwich, Connecticut. And so you can find me at www.moodcollab.com. Um, and my own personal endeavors at tiffanywicks.com. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. Again, um, follow us, like us, all the good things, comment. Um, we'd love to also hear from you if you have any questions or anything like that. So um, you are with, listening to Mood Unfiltered. <laughs>